Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, whatever it is, wherever you are. My name is Andrew Grosset, and I, we also got Mr. Jay Morris in the house. In the house, here we are. <laughs> yeah, so um, welcome back to welcome back to the Let's Talk podcast. Um, Jay, you want to tell them what we're talking about this today? Yeah, before we even get into that, I just want to say first and foremost, thank you to everybody who's been tuning in um, on a weekly basis. We appreciate the support. Our aim and our hope in doing this week on week is really to try and to try and problem solve. There's a lot of problems, as we're all aware in this day and age in which we live. And uh, you know, it's our hope and our prayer that you know, through our discussions, through our conversations, through the topics that we we cover, that we're able to shed some light, shed some wisdom, um, provide some thought-provoking content. Yeah. That, that that brings change and so I just want to say thank you um, your feedback is always appreciated if there's topics or anything like that that you would like us to discuss um, please drop us a comment um, DM us uh, let's truly talk and uh, yeah let's keep the conversation alive yeah as the name says let's truly talk <laughs> <laughs> so tonight we wanted to um, get into what I've titled the generation game um, because we are living in a generation where in my personal opinion although we have made so many technological uh, advances um, which is apparent all around us um, I still think in my opinion in this day and age in which we live that despite those advances we have remained morally and socially quite base um what's your thoughts on that that statement there you agree with that morally and so that again morally and socially yeah quite base in terms of the levels um we've gone from in the last 100 plus years 150 years we've gone from horse and carriage riding donkeys <laughs> to making it to the moon yeah um, we have advanced technologically without question. But in terms of moral code and the moral conduct, despite those advances, I think we've still remained quite quite base yeah. in our I dealings. I think it's I think we've actually regressed. Um, you know, I think we have actually regressed. And when I, when I take a look at the kids and their parents as they're, as they're, they're walking around and obviously where, where we've moved to Sutton and I obviously still have quite a bit of dealings going on with Dan in, in South East, you see a contrast, a contrast in different people's behaviours, the way in which children relate to parents and the way in which parents relate to kids. You know, I see parents screaming at their kids then confused as to why the kids are screaming back. You know, they fail to understand that, that you have to set an example. You have to set an example for your kids to follow. So I actually think in terms of when we talk about our moral base, I think we've actually slipped back. I think there are certain rules that used to be out there that, that kept the streets safer, that kept people safer, that people used to operate by aren't there anymore. Absolutely. They're not there anymore. And it means that this 
what what obviously there's all in humanity there's always been a good and a good side and a bad side you know the devil on one shoulder the angel on the other there's always been that scenario but personally to me i feel that there used to be a set of rules that meant that the vast majority of innocent people that weren't part of the darker side of the world could navigate their way around it and now there's just there's there are those rules are gone those barriers are gone and it's just seeping everywhere like a cancer and it just seems to be getting bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger Absolutely. you know and it's 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 scary cancer it's, I, it's scary. to me it's like a tsunami yeah. and it's just wiping out so many people it's wiping out the masses um as you said people are becoming so so desensitized people's moral code and moral compass and Everything is just, it's, it's, it's out of control. Mm. And that's why uh, we wanted to speak about this today because um, we've called this, ironically, the generation game. But the reality is that in the generation in which we're living, it is anything but a game. <laughs> yeah. It's anything but a game. Um, and as parents and adults, um, we have a real responsibility. And the reason, again, I wanted to address this is because I'm a father. Um, as I know you are yeah and it worries me the world in which our kids have to grow up it frightens me the day and age in which we're living listen when I was a teenager the streets were bad we used to get up to all sorts and I've seen some crazy stuff but it frightens me when I look at what's going on in our world today and I don't just think it's because I've got older and perhaps wiser. I think it's actually because things have got worse. Absolutely. I, 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 you're right. I mean, I, I was never in the thick of it, so to speak. I was never in it, but I knew, I knew it was there. And most importantly, I knew where it was. And because I knew where it was, I knew where not to go. Yep. The problem I have right now, and the bit that scares me right now, is that there is no safe area. There is, there seems to be nowhere that you can go to actually avoid it. It's just there, and it's in your face, and it could kick off at any point in time. You know, I, as you said, I am, I am a father. I've got four kids, and two boys, two girls, and I'm, a, I'm as scared for the boys as I am for the girls because. Again, back when I when I was younger, I, I used to hear of fights kicking off and this, that, and the other, but no one touched the girls. No one touched the girls. The girls got to walk away. That was their privilege of wearing a skirt. Yep. These days, yep. that's not the case anymore. Everybody's involved with everything, you know, and and it's not just the, the, the violence that you see on, on the streets of london or wherever it's the mindless census like that the thing that kicked off in in new zealand a little while ago and this guy's running around with a gun in a mosque i saw i i caught sight of the the video footage it looked like a computer game it looked like it, it looked like a really graphic computer game wow it's just ridiculous the way the way that i suppose my 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 bit is i think the value of life has gone you know people don't value life they see it as you taking it away is just something that happens and it's not it's really not life's not really celebrated enough anymore to the point where it, it, it's preserved and that's the bit that scares me to my bones and sometimes wakes me up at night wondering you know are my kids gonna be all right tomorrow 
It concerns me, you know, we're talking about that whole scene in New Zealand and the clip you saw looking like a real-life kind of video game. Mm. But when you think about some of the computer games that these kids are playing now yeah. in this day and age, I mean, gone are the days of Pac-Man and Alex the Kid, <laughs> you know, and, and Mario Brothers and the innocence of that. And I mean, now Grand Theft Auto, Call of Duty, yeah. bloodshed and shoot 'em ups it's... Uh, it's it's commonplace. I mean, don't don't get me wrong. Even back in the day, there there was violence in games. I remember even like Golden Axe. You know, you had to walk around and you were chopping. Yeah, but it up. wasn't as graphic it as what it is now. Yeah, it wasn't as graphic as what it is now, and it wasn't as realistic as what it is Absolutely. now. Absolutely. You know, as I said, when I saw that 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 footage, I swear to God, I thought it was a computer game yeah. on first glance, and it wasn't until I think when he, the guy. He shot this woman in the head twice. I think that was the bit. I was like, that's not a computer game. That's really not a computer game. But the way in which it was mounted, I suppose in in their premeditative state, they planned for it to look like that because they had head-mounted um, um, cameras, which made it look so that you could see it like it was on a computer game. But whether it be the computer games, whether it be music, I mean, we had we had this conversation a little while ago, and I've had it several times with everybody else. Where's the songs about loving the girls anymore? They're not they're not here, you know. Back in the day, Boys to Men was what on 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 a number one in the charts for End of the Road for like eighteen weeks. Those, those tracks don't live it don't, don't exist anymore. But that's what concerns me again in this generation in which we're living is that with all the technological advances that are taking place a lot of this stuff is also stuff that's responsible for corroding yeah our mind influencing our, our behavior and as a result of it it's contributing to making matters worse and you know going back to this whole thing of you know being a parent and the kids uh, and our kids and the world in which they're growing up i think what scares me is that of late over the last maybe 10 years or so, there has been, in my world and in my earshot, a real increase of just heinous crimes and acts committed against children. Yeah. And I mean, so we're, we're in a day and age where it don't matter no more. You know, there was a time where because they were kids, oh, you know, they're cute, they're innocent. Yeah. We leave them alone. Yeah. Now, our children in this generation in which we're living are the targets. Yeah. They are targeted. Yeah. You know, we hear about these problems, about grooming, um, gangs being arrested, broken up all up and down the nation because um, they're responsible for grooming our children. Whether that is the boys and waiting for them at the chicken shops, the maulers trying to collar them and, you know, buying the latest uh, trainers, mm. latest kicks, um, hyping them up, but establishing that emotional connection with our children that causes our children then to follow them like the Pied Piper. Or whether we're talking about the girls and again, these these paedophiles and these these gang members grooming our, our, our daughters 
you know, bringing them to a point and place where, you know, I was reading about the amount of sexual abuse and, and rape and, and all the rest of it and how they hold these girls to ransom. I mean, we're living in a day and age where we have a problem. Yeah. A real, 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 real problem. And uh, being a parent in this day and age is... scary <laughs> it's not just scary it's it's a crucial crucial calling crucial responsibility it is vital yeah. in this day and age um again it's not something we can leave to the teachers i understand that they have a responsibility when our kids are at school it's not something we can leave to to uh you know, other authorities. It's something that's got to start with us first as parents. And I understand that it takes a village sometimes to raise a kid. Um, I do get that, but we cannot negate our responsibility no. as parents. And I think in this generation in which we're living, we are called upon more than ever before to try our best to protect our children. And that's the question. How do we protect our children in this generation? By being parents. And that means that, that means that you're loved, but sometimes not liked. You know, by being parents. I've been, I, I watch these shows on parenting where people are basically trying to teach people that you need to be your child's friend. I used to remember my mum used to go out of her way to go, I'm not your friend. I hate that stuff. I'm not your friend. I hate that stuff. That was her first, I'm not your friend. Yep. We and you's not size. And, as much as some people have probably looked down on that and, and it's, it's, some people have taken it too far. You know, they've, they've beaten their child like they're a criminal rather than smacking them just to, to prove a point. You know, you've destroyed that hierarchy. You know, I remember when, get going, going to when I was at school, primary school, not wanting the teachers to actually call my mum because I didn't want to have to deal with that when I got yeah, home. Absolutely. You know, they, they, that doesn't exist now. No, it doesn't exist now. It's like when, when I, I when I walk down the road with 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 my kids, I've been, I walked with other parents, and their kids are charging off down the road, and they're in this shop, and you can see that it's like a Benny Hill movie. The kids running around around down the road, and parents running after it, da -da 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 -da, running down the road, and then they come back to me and they go, "Well, why, why, how are your kids so well behaved?" And I'm like, "Because they know better." No, we have a rule. It's established. We understand it. It means you have to you have you can walk in front of me. You don't have to hold my hand, but you need to walk within grabbing distance, and you need to be in front. You know? the most you'll hear me say when I'm walking down the road with my kids is, "Where should you be?" And you'll go, and you'll hear them go, "Sorry," or in front, and woof woof one two, there they are. You know, but that means in order to enforce that when they were younger, they didn't like it, but it had to be done. I think that's one of the things that's resulted to. Our, our problem in this day and age it's the lack of discipline absolutely the lack of discipline and people fear bringing discipline and i do get it because some people take it too far yeah and, absolutely. and discipline becomes abuse yeah um but you know you can't swing the pendulum clean the other way yeah i know i think you the, and the, that's what we've done so we've removed discipline altogether yeah. and now we want to sit down and negotiate with our kids no <laughs> but yeah, I know. I know what you're saying. That's my knee-jerk reaction to that it. That is the problem. Absolutely. You know, when when I keep going back to when I was younger, but it's it's my my easiest reference. When I was younger, my I couldn't talk to 
adults the way that some of these kids talk to adults oh my these God, days. You're crazy. You know, I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't, like, you couldn't swear in front. I, st- I still don't swear in front of my mum now. You know, that's, I, no- I noticed I said around her, not at her, around her. There's no way on this earth ever a swear word would be flowing towards her. But, you know, and you could be in, I remember being in a room of adults. And you mind your P's and Q's. You would you you behaved yourself in a different way around. I don't see that now. I don't see that now. When I when I walk around, I see I see adults fearful of kids. I see kids running their house, you know, running their house, telling their parents what they're going. What do you mean you're telling who? I don't understand. That's the thing. I'm a firm believer that if kids do not respect their parents at home, then their understanding of authority is all jacked up and it's very hard for them to expect or respect should i say authority outside of the home you know that's why they'll go to school now and they'll cuss out the teachers the teachers have no control teachers are pulling their hair out teachers are quitting left right and center because their hands are tied and there's very little they can do when dealing with these delinquents I'm, I'm, I'm laughing, but it's a phrase that I absolutely endorse and underline. Now, I went to, my son had a parents' evening, um, I think it was two weeks ago now, and I did the same routine that I've done with him and I've done with my eldest, is before I go to the parents' evening, I ask him, I sat him down, I go, right, is there anything that I need to know before I turn up at this parents' evening? And what that phrase means is, the only way that you get a lenient version of me is if it comes out of your mouth first yeah, and you're brave enough up, to say it. Right you're brave enough to say it. You let me walk into that parents' evening and I hear something that I didn't know about and don't like, you won't like me very much on it when we get home. You know? And it's I do that not to strike fear into him, but it's to get him to understand the level of responsibility. To hold your hands out and go, you know what, I did this and this is what and to face the consequences of his actions. You know, I did the same thing with my older daughter and I do the same thing with my young one and I do the same thing with my youngest son. You know, It's to get them to hold accountability, to be able to self-analyze their own behavior and go, actually, that was wrong. As it goes, when we walked in there, we, there, was a, there was this science teacher that um, there'd been a bit of a friction with to begin with. He was constantly keeping my son back into detentions and this and the other. And his mum had relayed the story to me and we all thought that the teacher was being out of order. As it goes, when I walked in through into the into the to the, the parents' evening, what I saw on the other side of the desk was me. Because this teacher wasn't being unfair; he was punishing my son because my son was out of line. Right? My son was being disruptive, and he wasn't and it, he wasn't doing it at a position of malice. He was doing it because he wanted to do, wanted him to do better. He could see potential in him, but he kept getting distracted. So he goes, "I just kept putting him in detention after detention after detention." Eventually, I got bored. So while we were sat there, I, I, I looked at my son, I looked at the teacher, I go, right, this is my email address. It comes through to this phone. If he messes up in his lesson, you email this phone and I'll deal with him. We need more teachers like this teacher because he was willing to stick his neck out. Yeah, he so was we willing. Need, we need more parents like you well, who, are, who are willing to be able to say it's not always the teacher that's the problem. No. But to be honest enough to say that, you know what, little Johnny or little Susie yeah. is not always an angel. No. You know, and that to me is to be respected because so often 
we are confronted with truths like that about our own children and we're quick to jump to their defense without accepting the truth absolutely don't get me wrong i think when your 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 child is your child and your child should have a place of sanctuary with you of course and absolutely. They sh- and they should know absolutely. that if something goes wrong you are always a source that they can turn on 100%. and rely on to be there for them 100%. but i think which has always certainly been my understanding and it's probably come down from my mom is to to understand that sometimes by defending them when they when they haven't earned the defense you're actually robbing them of, of the opportunity to learn something you're actually taking away that 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 chastisement that point of discipline that they get for doing that thing is what reinstates and reaffirms you know whether or not they've done right or they've done bad whatever it, is it and may it's be that's why they continue to perpetuate the crime absolutely <laughs> because in a way what you've done by jump into the aid to that to that extent what you've actually done is pat them on the back and gone you know what that behavior was all right exactly you know? you've endorsed I, it absolutely i mean i said this to i said this to my my because when my my son's mum, i used to come down to him like a ton of bricks when he was like five six for little for little bits and pieces and she'd be like right well almost like saying you're overreacting i said you need to understand something that boy is going to grow up real fast and you're going to blink and he's going to go from six to 16 and if he doesn't have established barriers in between before he's 12 when he's 16 you have a problem you have a problem that lives in your house that he eats your food and thinks you're nothing so i came down on them hard in the beginning and some people thought maybe that was a bit too mu- maybe it was too it was too much and kids need to be kids was a phrase that kept getting delivered i said my kids get a chance to be kids but they also know immediately when they when they do something wrong i'm on you but in the same reflective state, where they do something right, I'm on them too, in, the, in, the, in, in that light too. So this, the culture that we're living in right now, it does, it does, it's, it scares me. And, and it scares me for what it is, and it scares me for what we're talking about here. And that's the sense of the lack of adult involvement in these young people's lives in a position where they actually respect it. You know, in a position where an adult can walk up to someone, walk up to someone and go, actually, you know what? You're messing up. Stop. You know, as my friend was sad to say, my friend Wayne would have to say, hey, "Why?" It's that phrase. You know, and something's got to give. Yeah. Yeah. Something's got to give. And on, on this one, I'm not claiming to have. And I like to think I've got the answers for everything. But on this one, I'm not claiming that I've got well, the I answers. Th- I don't there. think there is any one particular answer. I think there's many different shades to this conversation. And the reality is obviously we've highlighted the fact that discipline is a missing ingredient in this day and age in which mm-hmm. we live and kids just don't fear their parents they don't fear the law and when i talk about fear i'm not talking about trembling and trepidation i'm talking about a reverence a respect that's what we're talking about for what your parents have to say for what authority has to say that's where it starts and as i says from when there's not that at home it's a downward spiral from there because you're not going to respect anybody else and we see that taking place in this day and age in which we live all the time yeah Uh, there were times where i remember you know growing up you know you would get on uh, public transport you know you would respect those that are older than you if you're a child sitting down you'd get up off your seat you would let them sit down yeah pregnant women you would let them sit down nowadays we (laughs) nowadays we ignore the fact that these people are in our face so i watch kids sit down and have to be told 
to get up and some people are scared to even address them and tell them to 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 get up and give up their seat out of fear of what that child child jesus <laughs> what that child may do yeah i mean how they may respond and so now we're living in a day and age where everybody's forced to to press the mute button and nobody wants to talk everyone can see but nobody wants to say Mm. it's a crazy day and age but again I think that that is only one aspect of the problem and one aspect of an ingredient that can bring a solution the other part of the problem I think is that the good kids aren't celebrated enough Mm. the good kids aren't celebrated enough the media likes to focus on the negative side of the world it's one of the reasons why I don't watch I don't watch the news really anymore and I don't read newspapers because no one ever puts anything good on the front page they always put something bad. You know, it's like my mum said to come to my house a bit while ago, and she said, Oh, what do you mean don't watch the news? I said, If I watched the news, I wouldn't come out of ha- my house because I'd be convinced that someone's going to rob me, stab me, shoot me, run me down. Something bad was going to happen. And I think a lot, I think the kids, I think there are, there are kids out there that would have stayed on the right path if the right path was illuminated bright enough for them to see it. And I think that that path is illuminated bright enough for them to see it. But what I was going to say is, in my mind, the other aspect, and that is positive role models. Yeah, absolutely. If positive role models were highlighted a lot more, and we tipped the scales from this bad being cool to people who are actually morally and socially and from a business or financial perspective, setting a precedent for these kids, if the spotlight was shone on these individuals a lot more, to the point that that was seen to be cool. Precisely that. That's the way to go. Then that would impact our kids as well. Because they would see what good looks like. Yeah. It's empowering. It's empowering. But the problem we've got right about now is I don't see that. The bit that's plastered in their face is the guy with the do-rag, with the gold chain, with the gun at the back of his back pocket or the knife in his other pocket and people getting beaten up and, and what have you. That's what they see. That's what they see. When we look at these computer games and we're going back to, going back to what we were talking about earlier on, the games that sell the, mo- sell the best are the ones that are the most violent and most graphically violent these days. You know? But the funny thing is, when I take a look at my son's one of them, one of them, ga- them, them, I think I can call him a gamer. He likes to play more or less anything that's a game, and he perpetuates towards one or two things: a game that is a, like you say, a typically a, a game where someone's doing something cool that's necessarily bad, or a game that rewards him, a game that tells him he's done really well. You know, so we've still got learning bits in there. So I think it's, we've got to tug on our own human traits here, our own human psychology, and go right, okay. What do we what do we start to put in front of these kids to get them to see at a younger age? You know? It's like with and we go back to the whole thing of parents being parents. That's how you can help your child when they're five, six. When they've done good, tell them they've done good. Celebrate the fact that they've done good. Reward them for doing good. When they've done bad, you come down on them like a ton of bricks. Let them know that that's not the way in which you should be living. You know? But I think definitely more role models for 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 young kids. Yeah, will help will help tip the scale 
and yeah. changed and changed the course, changed, certainly changed the way in which things are looking at the moment. Yeah, yeah. You know, again, we're living in the day and age, we're going out there and working a nine to five. Uh, you know, there is something to be said about that. It's, uh, it, for many people, it is their life, it is their way of doing things to earn honest living. Um, it may not always pay, you know, thousands of millions but the reality is it's a good honest way of living and we live in a day and age where again things like that is belittled yeah um, and it's not looked on as cool and this is what gives these guys these gangs sometimes uh, the power and the ability to to groom our children because they make getting money quick and getting money easy look cool yeah, and being they, able to afford this, that, and the other, the latest this, the latest that, you know, they'll go out there and buy these things for our children. How do you think what's happening in your child's mind when that is taking place? You think in their mind as they're weighing up things, what they're thinking. Is it any wonder why that would, in their young mind, be the way to go? I think it's before you even get the reason why they're able to offer these these young people these things. It's because they've got a lack of connection at home. They're searching for a role model. They're searching for someone that's going to tell them, "Yes, that's right," Absolutely. and you've done a good job. They're, that's what they're looking for. Now, when I was when I was younger with my my older kids you know I I I took time for granted when I say time I mean connection I took that for granted I I misunderstood the fact of just being in the house meant that I was being present in their world you know and it's through I suppose my various relationships and splits that I've realized that when I was out there constantly trying to make this next buck, to make this next thing, this next thing happen, and what have you, I took my kids for granted. You know, and you see, you get into this habit of thinking that right, well, you need to spend this massive quota of time in order to have that impact. But really, that's not what they want. What they want is your undivided attention for as long as you've got to give it to them. Know? and it's little pockets of time that makes that, that difference you know like I used to I used to when we lived in Catford routinely every Saturday we'd walk to Tesco's the walk to Tesco's is 10 minutes and we'd spend 10 minutes in the shop and then we spend 10 minutes walking back but that was my time to ask my son how was school yeah how was your homework what's going on with your friends yeah this that, and the other and we talk you know my eldest we used to go out for food or we'd go to watch horror movies but again we're in the car and we're talking talking over bits and pieces we're talking to understand what's going through her head the youngest one i used to do her head well i still do sometimes not very well Come but on now. <laughs> not very well but every night we sit there and i'm learning how to do her hair mm. but whilst i'm learning how to do her hair that's her time and she knows i don't do her hair but as good as what karen would do or her mum would do and what have you but she likes it because that's her daddy time and Absolutely. when you're in a, an environment where you know you've got lots of brothers and sisters you crave that time, that sole, independent, one-on-one time. And it's not about it being hours and days and weeks. It's a, sometimes it's just a few minutes, but it's, the, it's minutes where they know 
are theirs and they can rely on to come in round again and again. Absolutely. No. I, I'm, I'm so glad you hit on that point because sometimes we think that, you know, investing in our children is, is about showering them with gifts. Yeah. And it's not about no, showering not. them with gifts. It's about investing time. Yeah. The, the ti- time is the only thing. When you think back to you being a child, yeah. it's the only thing you really wanted. It's the only thing you really wanted. You wanted someone to see you. Because you're smaller than everybody else, you want someone to see you. Because everybody else is louder than you, you want someone to hear you. And you always have a particular person in mind. It's usually your mom or your dad. But there's someone there that you want to see and you want to hear you. And that's all they really want. Is they want to know that they're important enough to you for you to push pause. And when we're adults, as we get older, we get taught the value of things. Ferraris, this, that, and the other. Gold watches, whatever it is it may, may, may be. Private jets. You try talking to a five-year-old about a private jet, they don't know what it is. It means nothing to them. Gold rings means nothing to them. They're no rings, but gold rings means nothing. Ferraris, Lamborghinis, don't mean nothing. It's a fast car. Everything gets blanketed with a fast car. What they value is the time that you took to go and talk to them about that. It's time that they want. It's time they want. And the thing is, if we could all find a way, even if we didn't look outside of our circle, but we looked inside our own houses and found our own way to find and give our own children that, that gift that they want and shower them with that gift called time, this whole negative scenario that you've got going on will start to dissipate. Absolutely. Because these, these, the, the, these these guys that are grooming the kids that are hanging around outside of schools that are running these country line things I saw it on the new, on, on news where these kids are getting getting mobile phones and stuff like that and then they run drugs up and down the country they're picking on the weak links they're picking on the kids that are looking for people to spend time so what these guys do is they spend time that's how they're getting your kids it's not about the it's not really about the mobile phone it's not really about the gold chain it's not really about the new trainers that person sat down with them and asks them what's going on and invested the time to talk to them and built that's how they built the connection if you start doing that in your own house then you start to eliminate the risk of your child being that one that gets on that train that doesn't see for a while yeah yeah you know the thing is i think that you know naturally as children uh, and even and even as adults to be honest come on let's be real that tendency to compare what you have with what somebody else has yeah. or perhaps what you don't have uh, means that even if sometimes parents spend time with their kids you're still going to have a problem because those kids will still go out sometimes and you know, compare notes and share notes with the other kids at school but what I think is crucial in terms of what you were saying is the fact that if we spend time with our kids, then there's an underpinning that takes place. Yeah. And so when they come up against those scenarios and those situations, which is a natural part of their evolution and journey, mm-hmm. they're able to have a lot more of a balance. Yeah. Um, a lot more of a sobriety about it and not get carried away thinking that they've been forgotten or 
left out or neglected. Yeah. And so those temptations are no longer as appealing. Not the grass is greener on somebody else's lawn. Oh we all go through that. It is, it, we don't. We don't ever grow out of that. Come on. You don't. You don't I, ever grow out. I remember out. being at school and I was going to school. <laughs> and I remember. Do you remember high tech? Yeah, 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 I remember high tech. <laughs> I would see guys come in there with Nike trainers and all the rest <laughs> of it, and I had high tech, high tech silver shadow Google. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm I think we had the same you. pair of items. Yeah, I felt away. I felt away. But, you know, so, you know, I, I get the struggles that, that, that kids go through. Yeah. But the thing that makes a difference is, and I wouldn't even say it was the, in fact, I'd definitely say it wasn't the input of my, my stepfather because the reality was he was a jerk. But my mother. There you go. My mother. Her hard work, her sacrifice, her investment. Yeah, it taught me that I didn't need to, despite how I felt, I didn't have to go and do crazy shit just to try and keep up with the Joneses. <laughs> um, and I've been around, as I said, and I've seen people doing crazy shit. And I'd be lying if I said I did participate in some. But it wasn't for that purpose of trying to you know get the latest pair of nikes or whatever else it was just youth and folly yeah if i'm well, honest with you we all we all have that in our timelines you know but yeah. going back to the high tech i used to have when i was at pri primary school in particular i think it was a bit the, the most that that ever got to me because i used to have a friend of mine still friends now nathan and another friend of mine jerome and they always used to have, they were Liverpool supporters, diehard Liverpool supporters. So they always had the, bre the new Liverpool kit. They were football fans through and out. So they, always, they were good at football as well, which used to annoy me, but they were good at football too. So they always had brand new trainers, this, that, and the other, blah, blah, blah. And me and my mum were shopping. You remember Barrett's? Yeah. Yeah. So we used to get my trainers from Barrett's on the sale rack. <laughs> The rack that used to, I remember he always used to stick it, the sale rack, right in front on the main doors that oh, opened yeah. out into oh, Lucian yeah. High Street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I used to find a way that my mum would be inside the shop looking at other bits and pieces. And I knew that that's the only place that we were ever going to be shopping for my trainers from. So I'd walk up and down it twice, but looking, looking, but not looking, if that makes sense. So walking past, like I don't care, like I'm just walking through the shop to get into the shopping centre to isolate which trainers it was that I wanted offer the sale rack and then the second time around I'd swipe them and take them over to my mum so she can go and pay for me and goodbye them. You know? And yeah, I remember being in school and looking at other people's other kids trainers and their clothes and looking at it and going right well I, I ain't got that. I ain't got that. But my mum she was always late but she never missed a day of work. She never did their work. She worked her backside off in the NHS. We weren't homeless. We moved from she got us out of a council flat she bought her own house. And I remember looking at the pride in her face when she was like, because she, she did that. She bought her own house in Catford. And that's what stopped me from doing the nonsense that was going on around me. And I was just like, I can't let her down. Yeah. Yeah. I can't let her down. And that was down for the special moments that she, she took time to listen to the nonsense that was going on in my world that I thought was absolutely of paramount importance because life is just not that fair at eight, nine, ten. Yeah. You know? And, and just held my hand through life, yeah. you know? Yeah. 
held my hand through life. And so I, I, it comes back to that whole saying of how of having that important person in your world that spends time. So moving on that subject there, I will want, I want to add this in here now for all of the younger people that might be listening. Is in life you get what you search for. If you search for it hard enough, you will find it. Life will present it to you. So just as hard as you think you're gonna, you would go looking for a role model that you know isn't doing the right thing search just as hard for one that is because they're out there absolutely they're out there and it's not the world that owes you a favor for you to come and save you you've got to save you and that's the biggest lesson i could give to anyone out there that's going through any kind of turmoil strife or struggle it doesn't matter what happens. When my dad died, I had to save me from grief. No one else could do that. When another friend of mine died shortly after that, I had to dig myself out of that. There were people around me that helped, but I had to want to be helped. That choice was mine. I had to make a decision that said, I'm not going to die here. This isn't the end. You know, When I had to walk away from my company, I was broken, broken to bits. I had to make a choice to stand up. And when you make a choice to stand up and you look around, you know the types of people that you should be looking for. Yeah. You know the types of values that these people should be holding. So when you bump into someone that doesn't tick that box, don't take the first hand out that comes to you. Find the right hand to hold. Absolutely. And have ears to hear. Yeah. Um, I always wish... I always wish that someone had sat me down at a younger age and a younger stage. I always wish that I'd aligned myself with role models and, and mentors from an earlier age that they could have steered me in the right direction. You know, hindsight's a beautiful thing, but the reality is that everything happens for a reason. And maybe if it had happened at that time, I might have been that individual that wasn't willing to listen. But for all the young ones, again, to add to what Andrew just said, have ears to hear if you're going to align yourself and look for mentors etc then make sure you listen because they will save you from so much foolishness hmm. so much danger so many situations and you'll thank them later you will thank them later um, to have somebody who sat down and told me about <laughs> you know the possibilities of getting a mortgage, buying a property mm -hmm. from an early age. You know, that's one of the things. Sometimes we think we have to wait for our kids to get to, you know, they're 25, 30 before we can have them conversations with them. No, you, you can no. start teaching your children the value of things and the importance of things like this from an early age, the importance of keeping your credit clean. <laughs> I'm laughing because mine's not. <laughs> Come on, let's talk. <laughs> Come on, let's I'm talk. Mine's you know, yeah, mine's the, like the, the beauty cheese. is, the beauty is, again, as adults, we have made our mistakes. And in sharing things like this and talking about things like this, the hope is that we're able to save the future generation. Hence the title of this whole podcast, Generation Game. It's saving the next generation, the generations coming up from making the same mistakes that we made so I look at my own pitfalls and God knows 
Hey. If you God can see knows. the look on his face right now. <laughs> God knows. Seriously, I've been at some points and places in my life that when I say to my kids now, keep your credit clean. I'm saying that from the, the place of knowing the dark times that I've been through. The times when I've had to perform mad hustles just to put food on the table. Yep. Just to eat. <laughs> the times when I've had to do mad things just to get by. And I don't want to see my kids go through the same. And where help may have been available, but because my credit and things like that were jacked up. And I never had nobody really teaching me the importance of what we're talking about now. Listen, this is valuable stuff. Yeah. This is gold. <laughs> Have ears to hear. Keep your credit clean. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I keep laughing at that one because it's one of the it's one of the banes of my existence. It's a thorn in my it's, side. It's one of the it's one of the <laughs> One of the soundest lessons, if you took nothing else from this podcast, <laughs> I'm telling you now, just keep your credit clean. Because at the right time, it will begin to unlock a whole new world. Yeah. I used to look at credit cards and loans when I first got the, you know, when you first hit 18 <laughs> and the bank goes, yes, for the first time. I thought it was free money. I didn't respect it at all. I burned it, breezed it, and now my credit history looks a bit like a piece of Swiss cheese. There's a holy holes in it. So, I mean, yeah. That lesson there, I wish I'd had someone whispering in my ear at the time to say, yeah. You know? But following on from what you, just said, what you just said about the importance of listening, because I think a lot of you guys out there right now have those individuals sat around you saying these things. Saying these things. Truly. Whispering, whispering correctness into your ears yeah. whispering truth into your ears and and it might be coming in the form of or in the first sentence of you fucked up it might be coming at that but these individuals are there because they care but you're not listening because you're ignorant yeah. you're not listening because your ego's got involved you're not listening because you know you're wrong and that that whole phrase of be prepared to hear it's not about being prepared to hear the things that you want to hear it's about being prepared to hear the truth. It's about being prepared to hear the advice that's being given to you and prepare, being prepared to see the work that's ahead for what it is. Whatever situation you are in right now, you're there by choice. Whether you like it or not, you made choices that ended you right where you are now. But here's the beauty about choice because you can make the same choices later on that get you out of it. You can make the same choices that go up later on that move you past it. You have to accept the gray area of circumstance that comes along with it consequence there's a consequence to your actions that have led you to where you are now which is why you're experiencing pain you can't you can't walk into a world full of pain and expect your ticket out of it to be pain free there's going to be some pain for you to feel for you to get out of where you are but trust me there is a way out but you have to be prepared have to be prepared to hear it Absolutely. You have to be prepared to hear where you are now. Hear and understand and take the blinkers off and see it for what it is. Hear it. And then turn around and accept what you're going the steps you're gonna have to make in order to get yourself out of where you are to where you want to be. Absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I'm one of them guys I've always kinda enjoyed um, learning from documentaries. 
I'm a very visual guy. I know some people can read books and consume books and and that's how they learn. But I'm more of a visual guy. And uh, I remember a few years ago watching Blue Planet and some documentary. Mm. And I found it fascinating. The amount of plants and flowers that are able to grow and survive in some of the most unlikeliest of places around the globe. And one of those places was the desert. And I won't bore you with all the details and all the scientific names for these things, but the reality was it was just fascinating to me that in a desert where against all kind of natural instincts, you would think nothing can survive in a desert. You would have various plants and various flowers surviving, blooming, where they were planted. And the reason why I say that is because that's what this podcast is about. It's it's helping you to bloom where you're planted grow where you are avoid the pitfalls and survive in the midst of the insanity that's going on around you um, it's it's passing on wisdom to the parents so that they can invest in their children so again th- those children can grow and survive in the midst of the chaos that we see because it is possible I don't believe every parent should have to and you know I had this discussion with with uh, my son's mom about taking the children out of the area you know she was so concerned about what was happening in the local borough um, of Lewisham that she really does as we all kind of do fear for the well-being of of children and that fear is is valid it's warranted and uh, the reality was she was saying you know i'm gonna i I can't wait to 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 raise that capital to just get out of the area and there is something to be said about that i mean would you agree absolutely absolutely it's one of the reasons why i moved to sun it's because i'd had enough i had enough of the sirens i had enough of i just had enough and i wanted to I wanted to put my kids in a space where they had a chance. And I don't mean that necessarily just in terms of the area. I mean that in terms also of the stereotypes that go with the area. You know, when pe- when police or people of authority see a young black guy, they automatically make certain assumptions. You know, I wanted to put him in a place where they could choose their own or at least attempt to. And define it. Um, and I didn't want them getting caught up. Let's say for argument's sake, if, if if my kids are walking to and from the shop in Catford, there's far more chance of someone st- whispering in their, ear, in their ear, come and get in this car because of this mobile phone in their ears in Sutton in Surrey. It's it's just a complete, it's a, it's a way away from where, you know? It's And it's just the way it is. It's like I was contemplating moving over to Milton Keynes for a while. Again, it's it's the same thing. You know, my friends, I've got friends of mine that moved over to Bournemouth for precisely the same thing. And when I went to Bournemouth, Bournemouth is a, is a, is a, <laughs> it's a home away from home. You go there, the bus, the bus drivers haven't even got that plastic guard 
No, Bournemouth is known as a place where people go to die. In other words, it's retirement central. He moved his whole South African family there. Yeah. And I mean, when I mean the whole of them, I mean the whole of them, not just his nice. kids, yeah. his mum, his sister, his cousins, his I uncles, all of them uplifted out of Bellingham and Catford and went there. And you see the standard of life that they've got there. They walk. He takes his kids to the beach every Saturday. They take pictures of sunrises. He talks to them about rocks and how and how and how the the the, the sea and the, and the waves coming in have carved those paths. He's he's bought himself time, and he's connected with his kids in a way that now, even if they were to walk up next to whoever tr- whoever trying to convince them or whatever, they can't because their dad is too fixated in their head as being the rule so they can't deviate from that so i completely hear where she's coming from and i completely get where she's coming yeah, from and it's something it's something that i have i have done and i've, I've spoken to my mum about numerous times i said that i will never move back to london i'll only ever move further away you know the like karen jokes about we've got this this, this line when you're coming back from Purley and you go over this crossroads and we class it as the border so on one side is croydon the other side is surrey on the Croydon side, it's concrete, it's grey. On the Surrey side, it's green, there's trees, there's, they've got parks for no reason, it's there. You know? <coughs> and she, she notices an absolute transformation of character from me as I de-stress and I start letting people out. I don't drive as aggressively anymore. Everything's kind of calm. And that's, and that's yeah. the difference in between the two areas. So I completely get it. And I think that you as a parent, you have to make a choice. You know, I'd say don't, 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 stand on ceremony so don't sit in an area that you're not comfortable with and that you're fearful of out of principle if you're not happy where you are change it if you're not happy with your circumstance change it and that may mean relocating i've got friends of mine that left from here over in london and moved over to la norway wherever it is and they moved over there for business opportunities but that's because the business opportunities are far more likely to occur there than they are here the battle is harder here than it is over there. It's a simple equation. Yeah. You don't owe your area anything. In fact, you're broadening your kids' horizons by moving. So, I completely get what she's saying. Yeah. Completely get what she's saying. You know, at first I was I was completely against it um, because of my own creature comforts. But the reality is, I see the wisdom in it now. Um, but that said, there are a number of people who, for whatever reason, at yeah. this time to move and in order for them to maybe get to that point and place the reality is it might take them months it may take them years yes they can have the goal and yes they could be working towards it so how do they get by now and what do they do now in this day and age because as I said to you we're talking about survival I think we're actually talking about something different than survival I think we're talking about thriving and that's the choice you've got to make is you're choosing to thrive not survive you're choosing to thrive and if you can't if you don't have the physical or financial means or ability to move areas or there are things holding you back into that particular area that's fine I get it but you've got to choose to truly face the demon and that means you go at it with a relentlessness, a consistency, and a passion and drive until it's done. Absolutely. That means that if you're staying where you're at, yeah. you know, then 
you have to do everything you can to reconnect with your kids. You have to do everything you can to make sure that your kids are on the right path. You need to make do everything you can to make sure that they're staying in school and they're doing well in school. There are lots of things that you can you can do within your home domicile, within your own your own space to make it better. There's always the element of shit happening. You know, like New Zealand has always been a peaceful country peaceful country where it was okay for you to be different that was always new new zealand's slogan they didn't expect what came out came out the other day they didn't expect it chaos came to where peace happens you know that might happen in your world and you have to face it that's a possible but you always 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 have to drive for what makes sense for you Right? And Absolutely. if you're not happy with your kids hanging out with certain kids, do what you can to make that sure that that doesn't happen. If you're not happy with the results that your kids are getting in their grades in school and you're concerned about them, don't run away from it. Go and speak to the teacher, get involved, find out what you can do, how you can interact with them, insist on things in your house happening the way in which you want them to. If you've got a disrespectful teenager in your house that's sh- shouting and running off their mouth left, right and centre, find a way to reconnect with that kid. It's now your life's purpose to defuse that situation Absolutely. and understand that you can't give up because it's your life purpose. To give up on that means you give up on life. That's, it's to raise the priority level on the things that you can do something about and then plan for everything else. And that's, yeah, absolutely. I mean, summing it up, listen, let me rephrase and, and, and uh, recount what I, what I was trying to you say. You notice how deep his voice has got now. <laughs> going down an octave. Here it is in essence. Strive to thrive so your children can survive. Strive to thrive so your children can survive. There you go. There you go. The rest, the rest is all a divine grace. And let me tell you, just before we wrap up, I will say this. There are some things that please understand is outside of our control. Yeah. Outside of our control. As Andrew just said, New Zealand, a place that's known for its tranquility and beauty and everything else and its peace, rocked by something that took everybody by surprise. Things can happen whether you move or not and there is an element of what I call a divine grace. Earlier this week we had a situation that was trending on social media this whole Nipsey hustle thing and the, the whole killing uh, that took place. And, you know, with so much of the outpouring of love and respect um, that was shown to this this man and all that he had achieved and, you know, just the shock and the horror. With all the captions, you see the praying hands, the praying hands, the praying hands. Let me say something to you. Don't start to pray when it's too late. Amen to that. Amen Don't that. start to pray when it's too late, when they're already gone. We need to get into the habit of praying over our children, over our lives, even now. And prayer isn't some big articulation. It is not something that's measured by quantity of time. It's the simplicity of giving thanks for another day. Every time you open your eyes, recognizing that there are so many thousands of others that haven't. And as you leave your door, 
asking God or that higher power or that divine being, whatever you want to call him, to watch over you and your children. It's important. Very important. Very important. And don't forget to celebrate. Celebrate the now. As Jason just said, don't wait. I, I, I read through... I mean, I've been, I, didn't, I didn't really know... I didn't know, I certainly didn't know him, but I didn't know of Nipsey Hussle before. I didn't, you know, it's only since it's been, it's been trending on social media so vigorously that you sort of, you start delving into it and you start seeing what the guy, what the guy stood for yeah. and what he meant, meant to people, what he'd done, the reinvestment in his community that he'd gone, gone through and the ultimate change in his own, in his own timeline that he had gone through, you know, I think I've read somewhere about him being a gang member before, yeah. and then him turning, turning his life around and using the power of music to enforce, enforce that and infuse it. I saw pictures, I found it, I found that his, his other half's um, Instagram profile, and I saw pictures of him and his son and her and, and what have you, you know, but then I came across a, a post from White Yardy, and he was like, all of these DJs and all these people doing exactly what you're saying right now. They're all shouting up and shouting a whole loop of love now. Now he's gone. And if you showed him that much love and that much attention and that much extra bits and pieces, who knows, he might not even been there for that to have happened. It would have changed the course of his life. So, the people that are in your life that you care about now, tell them that you care about them now. Yeah. While they're here. While they can hear it. You know, Especially, especially those of you that have got young ones got little ones because how these young ones are getting stolen off to go and do x y and z is because they're telling them exactly that they're telling them that they matter to them the way you combat it is by telling them that you matter to that that they matter to you absolutely absolutely and so for all our young ones we care out here and that's why we're having this conversation if you're listening to this remember that listen sky is the limit but because sky is the limit if that's what you're aiming for, understand your feet have to leave the road. <coughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't accept the well, Actually, my phrase is literally, don't accept the sky's limit when there's footprints on the moon. <laughs> <laughs> don't, well, accept, don't accept it. You can do anything. Like, I know you may look at it, especially to young guys out there, because that's what I used to think when I was younger, when people used to tell me, you know, you can do anything that you want, you want to, you know. I'm going to address that. Fr- I'm going to address that phrase very slightly different. You can do anything that you believe you can do. Absolutely. You know? and that's the true. That's the truth of life. Is you can do anything that you want to do as long as you believe in it enough to get past the adversity and push it through to the point where it happens. That's right. You know? So if you're in a present situation right now that you're not you're not happy with, and there are things going on around you, to you, for you, in front of you, behind you, whatever it is, it may be that you either feel threatened by or frightened by and you might even be having to face these situations alone understand that that help is out there if you want it but it's not going to come and find you you've got to reach out and grab somebody's hand absolutely absolutely i think that's the last bit of nugget of wisdom that we'll leave with you today to all my young ones listen look at your circle look at your friends consider your your sphere of influence and i'm telling you if it needs to be if it needs to be broken break it because the reality is otherwise you will stay on a cycle and that cycle 
that cycle will take you places you don't want to go. Absolutely. That's us out for this week. Ladies and gentlemen, children, boys and girls, whatever category fits yourself and floats your boat. We're going to be back next week. We're working on something else as well. So you're going to be saying something real different and real spicy, I think is the right word to put yeah, when, yeah, it com- yeah, when, it, yeah. when it comes land. But we'll keep you all up to updated and posted as to when that is. So anyway, in the meantime, that's me out for myself. Absolutely. And I am out too. Listen, we look forward to catching up with you next week. Let's continue to talk here at Let's Talk. (laughs) Peace.